0: Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Tiger, Tiger Kemp. It's just, you can't stop it. To Bellis with the bucket. That's going to be difficult in the NCAA tournament as well. If Arizona plays a smaller team, it's going to be really difficult to beat the Wildcats because of their two bigs. The Ivy League rotation and making the most of it. Heading back to the big dance since, for the first time since 2017. Princeton Tigers, 2023. Ivy League champs
1: dancing yet again.
0: 19 seconds until halftime, first and goal. Garoppolo, late pressure, throws, deflected, and oh. Tyron Matthew with the deflection, Jawan Jennings with the touchdown! Zaire Franklin is back in, here comes Buckner, there goes, card Adams, hold on, here he goes, room to roam, Touchdown!
1: The Angels
0: wonder, Andre Iguodala out there in the floor. Thompson with a jump stop. Right now, just connecting on everything. A 30-point half coming from Blake Thompson. 17 minutes. Third down and 11. Jones is sacked. What a year for Zach Allen. Continuing into the lead. That's always a fun baseball visual. So is this. Mike Trout hammers this ball into left center field and Team USA with more thunder this time from Trout It is 9-0 We put in good work all day Rodgers on the run Puff fake, frees him to the end zone for another Packer touchdown. Dial 602 260 1060. That's 602 260 1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM 1060. And now, here's your Sports Zone guide, Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060. And welcome to the Tuesday, March 14th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's sports zone, right here on KDUSAM 1060 and Cast Lux HD2 100.7. The Wildcats, who you got ATS on a Thursday afternoon in Sacramento, Arizona, or Princeton? The Raiders, is Jimmy G an upgrade from Derek Carr? The Suns, did they lose last night's game because Kevin Durant did not play? The Cardinals, are you satisfied? Uh, actually, excuse me. Are you uh, con- are you surprised? One of those words starts with an S. Are you surprised that they were unable to keep Zach Allen? The World Baseball Classic. Are you watching the Jets? Are the the uh, are they a playoff team? If, if and apparently when they sign or acquire Aaron Rodgers and shove shape or form from the uh, for the Packers. Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. And moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9:15, we'll have a, U of a Princeton NCAA tournament game preview. Kyle Franco will join us from the Trentonian.com. Uh, Tim, 9:30 or so, to be interactive action. 602-260-1060, and also the local roundup. We'll have some Suns and Warriors analysis for Monday night. That won't take very long. I know that the Suns came within four there in the third quarter, but it wasn't much of a contest. Uh, and then we'll wrap it up today, the one hour extravaganza with the uh, national roundup. That'll be included uh, tons of things from the uh, latest line, including tonight's Suns and, and uh, Bucks game. Even though we really don't know who's playing for the Bucks tonight, but it is the NBA, so why would you know who the players are going to be? Also, in this hour, we'll have uh, two giveaways. We'll have a $24, $25 voucher, $24 would be interesting, $25 voucher to Winter's Sports Bar at Desert Diamond Casino, West Valley. You can watch all the uh, tournament games there and you can watch a lot of stuff there. But uh, the tournament games certainly uh, is uh, in line with our promotion. And also we'll have our daily spring training report and lunch for two at Porta Subs. Neither of those right now. We'll get to those at some strategical point, a couple different strategical points in this hour. Here is today's pipeline, let's get right to it. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And as usual, we start with the KDUS poll question at kdus1060.com. Today's question is, who you got on Thursday afternoon at Sacramento? The U of A minus 14 and a half for Princeton plus 14 and a half. And Corey has the early returns. Hey, Corey. Right now, split down the middle. 50-50 for U of A minus 14 and a half and Princeton plus 14 and a half on KDUS1060.com. I think that actually sounds fair, which kind of leads you to believe that I'm not real sure what to do on this game. Meanwhile, the Wildcats, have well, the home crowd advantage against the Ivy League champion, uh, who like the U of A? They prefer an up tempo style, so there might be some points in this game. In addition to the U of A Princeton question, uh, anything NCAA tournament related is certainly suggested uh, discussion today. By the way, we will preview the ASU Nevada game on Wednesday's show, including a Nevada update in the 9:15 segment. So that's tomorrow. All right, back to today. Today's Twitter poll question, is Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, signing with the Raiders a quarterback upgrade from Derek Carr? And, Corey, what do we have here? Leading so far is no, 70.6% of the vote. Yes, at 29.4% on KDUSAM 1060 on Twitter. Few signal callers, that's a good word for quarterbacks, uh, have been criticized more on this show than Carr and the 31-year-old Jimmy G who agreed to terms with Las Vegas on Monday. Meanwhile, if I was keeping a tally over the last three or four years, I'm thinking that those might be the two most criticized quarterbacks on this show, in fact. Meanwhile, on the local front, the Suns caught the Warriors on the wrong night. The Suns lost to the Warriors for the first time in four meetings this season as the Warriors basically could not miss a shot in the first half, especially Klay Thompson. Did the Suns lost last night to uh, to the Warriors? Did they lose that game because Kevin Durant was not available? Meanwhile, the Cardinals are losing their most consistent player from last season. Defensive lineman Zach Allen agreed to terms on Monday. With the on a contract with the uh, Broncos, are you surprised the Cardinals were unable to retain defensive lineman Zach Allen? Meanwhile, Team USC was inspired last night. Team USA rebounded from Sunday's embarrassing loss to Mexico with a twelve to, win, 12 to one win last night against uh, Canada. That gave it Chase Field. One simple question here. This might be a poll question at some point, maybe even tomorrow, but we'll see what happens between now and tomorrow. But it's a possibility. So, right now, it's a pipeline question. Are you watching the World Baseball Classic? Meanwhile, Spain the Globe, the NFL tampering period stole the Monday headlines. The Jets remain. Uh, shut out right now, at least right now, as a few seconds ago in the quarterback market, but multiple reports suggest that they're close to acquiring Aaron Rodgers from the Packers. With compensation, one of the obstacles, at least at last report, and you know, I keep looking up at the TVs just to make sure that nothing has changed on this during our actual presentation of the pipeline here, they're actually showing Aaron Rodgers highlights as we speak on ESPN, so I'm kind of hopefully sweating this out a little bit, thinking hopefully they didn't train him like, wow, I'm talking here. Anyway, let's assume that Aaron Rodgers is with the Jets at some point. Are the Jets a playoff team if they acquire Aaron Rodgers? And what else caught your eye from Monday's uh, you know, free agent bonanza in the NFL, even though they're not officially on teams until Wednesday, I believe it is. All right, that's the pipeline for today. We got to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. All right, coming up next, Corey we'll have a News Update. That'll be followed by a Princeton basketball update. And uh, Princeton wins the Ivy League on Sunday as they win at home. They've had the, the home court advantage in the uh, conference tournament. That's a rotational thing in the Ivy League. And they beat Yale, and Yale's been uh, almost an annual participant in the NCAA tournament in recent years. But they beat Yale, and uh, they move on, and they move west because they're going to play the U of A in Sacramento. So we'll get the latest on the Princeton Tigers, and uh, we'll talk uh, with Kyle Franco in the next segment, so uh, stay tuned for that. Once again, bottom of the hour to be phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060, and then we'll wrap things up with the National Roundup in the final segment today, including some NCAA Tournament Line Updates. Your caddy, Ray Adams, takes you beyond the 18th hole on Saturday mornings with Great American Golf from 6 to 7 a.m. on KDUS AM 1060. And welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7, your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The NCAA Tournament. Begins tonight, which means it is time for the uh, Basketball Tournament Blitz Contest, which means right now, caller number 2-602-260-1060. Right now, caller number 2-602-260-1060. You're today's winner of a $25 voucher to Winners Sports Bar at Desert Diamond Casino, West Valley, to watch all the basketball games, the wall-to-wall screens, great food and drinks, Desert Diamond Casino West Valley is the perfect place to watch all the games and the tournament and all sporting events for that matter. Meanwhile, the University of Arizona's first round tournament uh, game—the first round begins, or uh, the tournament begins on Thursday afternoon. One of those things uh, in Sacramento against uh, Princeton. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the Sports Zone by Kyle, Kyle Franco of uh, tr- the uh, Trentonian.com. Tr- com. I'll get this right. I, maybe I got that right. Hopefully, I got that right. Kyle, did I get that right? Sort of, kind of, a little but, bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you got it right. Uh, the Trentonian over here in uh, Mercer County, New Jersey. Um, you know, uh, look, looking forward to the NCAA tournament as well. Thanks for having me on.
0: Our pleasure. Uh, let's start with, uh, let's kind of go back to last year. You know, Princeton, uh, most believe, was going to be the team that came out of the Ivy League and, and you know, make the NCAA tournament. They lost that game last year in the conference championship they beat Yale this season. So, with this group of players uh, going to the NCAA tournament uh, for the first time, this group of seniors—is this a bigger deal than maybe some might think?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a a thing with this group where that weighed on them. They had a really good team last year. Uh, yeah. they won the Ivy League. They won the Ivy League title outright. They were the favorite. They had a team last year that, uh, you know, I certainly believe if it got into the tournament, it could it could win a game. Um, You know, and maybe be two and be one of those Cinderella teams, Uh, a different team this year. Um, You know, those guys, a lot of those guys had to leave the program because they don't allow grad transfers in the Ivy League. So those guys are scattered all over the country. Um, So it's a little bit of a different team. They don't have as much shooting as they did last year, but it's it's a more physical team. Uh, They're a team that, you know, can really rebound the ball. They're one of the top ten, ranked top ten nationally in rebounding. And then, you know, last of all, they, they overcame that Yale hex. There was like this hex on <laughs> them where Yale had beaten them in 10 of the last 11 games, had swept the regular season series. And that, that included a game where Yale rallied from 18 points down with eight 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 and a half minutes left. Uh, and then Princeton finally beat them in that Ivy final. The game was played in Princeton. There were over 3,000 fans there. It was, it was a rocking atmosphere. The most people I've ever seen in that, that gym at one time. Um, and it's, it's certainly something that, that I think this this group can be proud of, uh, that that they're back in the NCAA tournament. It has been a little bit of a drought. They hadn't been there since 2017. And, and Princeton is certainly a team when you think of Ivy League basketball um, as one that is, is representing that league in the, in the NCAA zone, uh, much of the time.
0: Yeah, I, I watched that game on, on Sunday and, uh, you know, it was uh... – yeah, interesting. As you mentioned, uh, the, they lost the first uh, the two regular season games against Yale this season. So, other than the home court advantage, what really changed in that game, either style wise, or why did Princeton re- pre- prevail in the third matchup?
1: Well, the one thing they did is they took Tosana Woma, who is Princeton's best player. He's a he's a six eight forward, and they put him on John Polakitis uh, from Yale. He's the he's the Yale guard. Polakitis had averaged twenty four and a half points in the two games against Princeton. He had made 13 of 16 threes in the two games. He had 30 in the game that Yale had won at Princeton. They took uh, Awoma, who's really a guy, uh, again, he's their best player. He can defend one through five. And they put him on Pulakitis and had him chase him around screens and fight over ball screens. And they really took him out of the game. He had, you know, he was two of seven. He finished with seven points. Uh, And then the other thing I thought that was really important in that game was Princeton got off to a great start. He scored the first 12 points of the game. So it was playing from in front, and then it was able to to sort of hold off uh, Yale every time Yale tried to make a little run. Princeton was able to get a basket and then push the lead back to to four, back to six. And I and I thought that was uh, a key to the game as well. And they, and they shot the ball well too. Did the Tigers, um, you know, they made nine three pointers, which is just a little bit over their average. Um, and that was you know that was a big thing in, in, in that game. Uh, and then certainly just, just beating Yale, I think, was was. Hmm. Something that
0: that they had to do. Yeah, I also noticed. You know, at least according to Ken Palm, you know, they have the 307th adjusted non-conference schedule. My guess is that you know because they were so good last year and, and you know, really in some recent years that a lot of uh, you know, power conference opponents or possible conference power opponents don't want to play Princeton. Is that an accurate assessment on my part?
1: That would be an accurate assessment on on your part. That's a sour sour subject with. With the coach, Mitch Henderson, He's, he talked about it a lot this year. Uh, that it's not for a lack of trying. Uh, they would they would certainly love to play Rutgers. They would love to play Keaton Hall. Those games haven't been able to, to happen. They, they haven't been able to make them happen. Um, and, you know, and Mitch Henderson was hearing it from his alumni that they weren't playing any high major or power conference opponents. Um, now, that doesn't mean they didn't play some competitive games. They played Iona on a neutral floor, who's an NCAA tournament team. They lost that game, but they, they had a, a ten point lead in the second half. They played Hofstra, who won the CAA regular season and, and ended up losing in that conference tournament. So they played a couple teams, but yeah, I, I, your assessment would be correct that they did not play any high major competition. So it's so it's tough to gauge, you know, even now what they may look like when they go into a game against a, a team like Arizona
0: talking princeton basketball kyle franco all right let's get into this you know a lot of people if uh you know they haven't watched princeton in recent years they think princeton and they think of you know like beating ucla in the in the tournament in the mid 90s i remember where i was watching that game in a in a sports bar in wrigleyville in chicago and people were going wow did they have any allegiance to princeton or ucla but uh It was a a crazy, crazy night that night. But they don't play the, quote, Princeton offense anymore. They like to get up and down. They score 79 points per game. Uh, So, you know, I assume this game on on Thursday is going to be up and down because the U of A certainly likes to play up and down.
1: Yeah, this is not your father's Princeton offense. That's (laughs) That's correct. That's how I describe it to people in that this is not, uh, you know, Princeton 43, UCLA 41. and. Uh, you know, death by a thousand backdoor cuts, where they're going to hold the ball for, you know, 29 seconds to take one shot at the end end of the clock. It's it's not what that that's not what this is. It's it's much more dynamic. Uh, they will push the ball in transition. They will hunt shots. They will hunt three point shots early in the in the clock if available. Um, and and the thing you'll see about this that doesn't mean that the the Princeton basic core principles are still there, right? You'll see them enter the ball at the elbow or the elbow extended and that, that backdoor action is still there. It's just uh, much more dynamic and, and you'll see as well, oh, well, when they take when they run offense, everything is gonna run through this kid Tosani Woma. He's a six yeah. foot eight forward from from Newcastle, England. He's a point forward. He averages over four assists a game. Every time they come up in a half court set, he is gonna touch the ball. He's he's the way I describe it is he's the son. And everybody else in, in the offense is, is like the planet in his orbit.
0: Yeah, you know, so, you know, how's, you know, who do you think, how, how's he, you know, U of A obviously has two big guys. How do you think he matches up against the U of A bigs? And, you know, a big part of that obviously is going to be the point forward thing is that they've got to figure out how to guard him, huh? Yes. Uh, well,
1: yeah. And, and the thing about it, he's not a shooter, right? So he's only made nine three point shots all year. So then it becomes like, well, do we do we stand off of him and and give him space? Well, if you do that, he can pick you apart with passes. Do we get up, you know? Do we get up tight and take his his passing vision away? And if, if you do that, he's got such great handle he can put the ball on the floor and, and, and go past you. And that's what makes him uh, such such a tough matchup. And, and teams in the Ivy League have tried guarding him with with everything. They've tried big guys. They've tried small guys to try and get up and, and pressure him. Um, and and he's just You know, and he's just so good because he's so unique as a player, uh, and that there aren't any other teams in the country that are running their offense solely through a six foot eight point forward. Uh, And, and, you know, if he can put it on the floor and he can take you off the dribble, he's very good around the basket, uh, finishes with both hands, and he's got an array of head stakes and pivots to to keep you off balance. So he's just such a, a, a difficult matchup. And then if you help off of him, they'll throw it off out to shooters. And, you know, they're gonna to have to make shots. Princeton has to make shots um to have a chance to win that game. But it's it's certainly going to be an interesting matchup on who Arizona decides to to put on him, whether they put one of the big guys on him or or maybe play with a wing, you know, a, a wing player on him and see what that looks like.
0: Yeah. My guess my guess is that Henderson and Larson are gonna be on him more than anybody else, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, they also Princeton has five guys averaging 9.1 points or better so there's certainly some balance in the scoring attack
1: yeah yeah there is and you know they have guys who have have played in big games before you know Ryan Langborg who's a San Diego kid was was the starter on that team last year that won the Ivy regular season title uh you know Matt Alaco was their sixth man he's he's the starting point guard if you will this year he'll be the guy who brings it up the floor he's the guy who will get the assignment on Arizona's best uh, you know, perimeter player. Um, you know, Caden Pierce is the Ivy League rookie of the year who's who's really, you know, a star in the making in that league. He had a double double in uh, both of the Ivy League tournament games. He's he's a terrific rebounder, actually the freshman leading the team in rebounds with seven point one per game. But you know, those guys are gonna have to play well around the Walmart if Prince is gonna have a chance. And and I and I wouldn't be surprised if they downsize on offense and tried to go small. Uh, you know, they're not big to begin with. Their biggest guy that they guy is, is the starting center, uh, Keyshawn county 6'9", 250. But, again, I think they may try and downsize in this game and just put four guys on the perimeter around Tosan and, and let him work. And then if you help on him or, or, or you or you dig down, he can throw it out to the shooters. Uh, I would not be surprised to see that.
0: Yeah, their defensive metrics, and I'm not the biggest metrics person in the world, but it's something to at least start at. I I think, though, that the defensive metrics for teams that are not in power conferences are kind of misleading or maybe even close to worthless when you get to a matchup like this when they're stepping up in class, so to speak. So how would you describe their defense?
1: Yeah, that's, that's certainly an area of concern in this game because it can be leaky at times. They went through a stretch. Uh, in the Ivy League, where they were giving up uh, over 80 points per game, uh, Dartmouth scored 93 against them. Um, they had a they had a half at Yale where Yale came out and scored 45 points in, in the second half against. It, scored 40, I think it's like 45. I think it's like 50 points in the second half against them. Um, so their defense has struggled at times. That would concern. That's a big concern of mine going into a, a game against a team like Arizona. That you know physically. And athletically is bigger, physically is more athletic than them, and really likes to push pace. Uh, you know, Arizona scores just scores in the 80s. Um, you know, field goal percentage they're in the top 20 nationally in three point percentage and overall field goal percentage. Um, that, that's a tough. This is a tough matchup for Princeton. I thought when the draw came up, this was a, as tough a possible uh, pairing as they could have had in a 215 game
0: yeah watching that again it's a one game sample for me but I was watching them on Sunday you know they played you know mostly man I think they were trying to play some zone a couple of times but Yale shot the ball so fast and didn't run their offense I'm not sure if they were trying to play
1: zone or not they will they will go they've got a little one three one that they'll they'll yeah. go to from from time to time that it's almost like a break glass in, in case of emergency defense um you know and what they, and what they'll do is they'll put toast on. At the head of that one-three-one because he's long and, and athletic, at six foot eight, um, and then they'll they'll try and trap the ball and, and see if they can throw you out of rhythm. So that they they do have that in their bag, but they're mostly a man-to-man team. Um, and again, that that could create some difficulty for them, particularly because Arizona gets so big and so athletic. You know, they got Arizona's got two guys, six eleven and, and seven foot, are the two leading scorers. And if you're Princeton, you're probably looking at that and going, well, how do we match up with those guys? You know, our biggest guy is six foot nine.
0: I will add one more thing. U of A's had some you know, not-so-good offensive performances against his own defenses this year. So maybe we'll see a little more zone from Princeton?
1: Yeah, it's possible. Mitch Henderson's a very good coach. So I know he will he will have something in store to, to try and make this game interesting and try and negate some of the advantages that, that Arizona has.
0: All right, so uh, they're gonna. One thing for sure is uh, Arizona has a ridiculous fan base as far as traveling in the West Coast, and they have a lot of lums in uh, the Bay Area. So it's gonna be uh, an Arizona crowd. So is is Princeton suited to come uh, play against a team that uh, against an opponent that has a large fan base, at least in their favor for one day?
1: Yeah. Look, I, I Prince. I know Princeton wanted to get away from the East Coast. and They, they couldn't have possibly gotten a, 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 a further yeah. trip. Uh, um, but, look, I'll, I'll just, you know, I say this and I reminded people of this the other day. A number 15 seed from New Jersey made the Elite Eight last season. So, uh, Princeton should <laughs> be going into this game and, and saying, hey, you know, why not us? And, and Arizona's approach should be it's not going to be us, as, as in we are not going to let Cinderella get started against them
0: okay so the point spread universally is 14 and a half so do you think that uh, Princeton covers the 14 and a half
1: uh, it's, a, it's a tough question um I think Princeton will hang in the game but I but Arizona is going to pull away late uh and I think Arizona covers the 14 um you know with a late with a late surge but Princeton will hang around in this game for 30 minutes
0: Kyle, great stuff. Appreciate the information. Yep. Thanks. Have fun.
1: Yep. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it.
0: Kyle Franco of the Trentonian.com. Uh, then uh, that's a little preview. Tomorrow, by the way, in this segment, to repeat from earlier in case you missed it, we will preview the ASU Nevada game in this segment. Of course, they play tomorrow night in the first four at Dayton, and uh, we'll have the latest on Nevada heading into that contest. All right, next segment is phone call time, 602-260-1060. Also up today's local roundup, a little bit on the Cardinals uh, from the uh, final uh, last uh, 24 hours or so uh, since the non-tampering period in the NFL has started. And uh, we'll get a little bit in the Suns also uh, from last night. Not, not a good night, obviously, for the Suns. And I don't know if anybody would have beaten the Warriors last night in, uh, in uh, San Francisco I almost say Oakland because they played in Oakland like for a 100 years but now they play in San Francisco uh, so we'll get the latest a little bit on that from last night once again phone call time general discussion 602 260 1060 your list of the sports zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS am 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. it's time for today's local roundup welcome back to the sports center with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and Castlelux HD 2 100.7 in addition to the local roundup it is phone call time if you want to get in we got open phone lines so if you want to jump aboard feel free to interrupt during this segment we'll stop stop for you at least momentarily we will stop for you kidding we will stop for you 602 260 1060 get to your phone calls and uh, get to the local round sh- roundup shortly. I want to repeat the pipeline here real quick since we're only doing the 1 hour today. Uh, we started the uh, KDUS poll question at kdus1060.com. Today's question is who you got on uh, Thursday afternoon in Sacramento and uh, we ended our interview with Kyle in the last segment with this question, the UVA -14 and a half or Princeton +14 and a half. And if I had to do something, I would actually lay the 14.5 for similar reasons, to pretty much exactly the same reasons that Kyle mentioned. Not going to bet on this game, at least uh, pregame, but maybe during the game. It would be interesting if Princeton got off to a good start, however, how the U of A would react because they have not reacted sometimes this season to falling behind in games. So we'll see how that goes. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question is Jimmy Garoppolo signing with the Raiders, a quarterback upgrade from Derek Carr. As I mentioned during the introduction to the pipeline, (laughs) I can't imagine if I were like keeping score for the last few years that there are two quarterbacks in the NFL I criticize more than Jimmy G, who is definitely first on the list of criticism for me. And Derek Carr can't be that far behind. Uh, So I'm guessing he would be second. I actually do think that Jimmy G is an upgrade. He knows the offense. Of course, he was uh, with uh, McDaniels in in New England at the start of Jimmy G's career and so forth. And I didn't think that Derek Carr played very well last year. I think he missed a lot of open receivers. Devontae Adams apparently thinks maybe his – the former college quarterback missed him a few times, too, based on some of Adam's comments, which he tried to you know, basically take back on Twitter, apparently, so I'm told. Also, quickly, other questions today, and we'll give you some you know, fast answers here. Did the Suns lose last night to the Warriors because Kevin Durant uh, didn't play? I don't think that had anything to do with it last night. You know, The Warriors just couldn't miss a shot in the first quarter. Uh, And uh, you know, are you surprised that the uh, the Cardinals uh, were unable to keep Zach Allen? You have a new hierarchy for the Cardinals. I wasn't surprised about this at all. Even though Allen, I do think you can make a pretty easy case was the Cardinals' best and most consistent player, offense or defense, last season. Team USA, gets the revenge last night. Are you watching the World Baseball Classic? I'm going to kind of save my answer on this and uh, we'll get into this more in the next few days as the World Baseball Classic continues. There is a chance that this is going to be a poll question tomorrow, so we'll get into more of that if that happens uh, with Kayla and uh, and uh, the masses. And also, uh, anything else that caught your eye uh, from yesterday? And, and uh, the Jets, are they a playoff team if Aaron Rodgers uh, becomes a member of the Jets? I'm going to hold off on that answer and wait and see if he actually becomes a member of the Jets. All right, on to the local roundup we go. And once again, if you want to get in, 602-260-1060. The Cardinals, and as I mentioned, the most consistent and best player from last year, Josh Allen moving on. The Broncos and uh, uh, Zach Allen, excuse me. Josh Allen's the dude in Buffalo. Uh, Zach Allen and the Broncos reached an agreement, a three-year Deal worth a reported four point forty-five point seven five million dollars, thirty-two point five million dollars guaranteed. I'm guessing the Cardinals would have never matched that thirty-two point five million dollars guarantee. Uh, first reported to my knowledge by NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport yesterday. He was uh, Allen was a third round cho- choice for the Cardinals in 2019. Had problems staying in the field with some injuries the first couple of years, but he was really good last year. He's also now reunited with uh, former Cardinals defense coordinator Vance Joseph, who oddly enough used to be the Denver head coach, and now he's the defensive coordinator after Sean Payton, now the head coach in Denver, uh, hired Joseph as his defensive coordinator. Meanwhile, the Cardinals did keep right tackle Calvin Beecham. Uh, he was the lone Cardinal to start every game last season. And last week he questioned the maturity of Kyler Murray, which could mean some interesting media you know, fun at some point, whether it's I'm not sure if they're going to have a press conference announcing his re-signing or whether it'll be uh, just kind of the first uh, media scrum with uh, with uh, Beecham, who's a tremendous talker. He's really thoughtful. He's really good. I'm sure the local media that covers the Cardinals on a daily basis, glad that he's returning because uh, even when things are bad, uh, and, and you have lots of players and a lot of sports that head for the hills and avoid you and uh, post-game press conferences and so forth, and they don't want they are not to be found. Uh, Beecham was almost a team spokesperson for the Cardinals last year in bad times, and last year certainly bad times. Meanwhile, a former Cardinal found a new home. Patrick Peterson heading to the Steelers. And uh, they needed a little cornerback help because one of their starting quarterbacks, Cam Sutton, uh, announced uh, that was announced yesterday that he's leaving Pittsburgh for the Lions. According to Schefter, uh, he's going to play for a 13th season, Adam Schefter, of course. Uh, And uh, he heads to Pittsburgh and plays with, uh, you know, he's going to join Levi Wallace as a cornerback. Wallace is a Tucson high school product who somehow wasn't recruited by the U of A and ended up in Alabama, and uh, that worked out well for Wallace, needless to say. Uh, but the Pittsburgh provi- primarily plays zone defense, and at this point in Peterson's career, who did have five interceptions last year at the Vikings, who also primarily is a zone defense team, zone defense is the best, uh, you know, best way for Peterson at this point in his career to be effective. Meanwhile, the Suns lost for the first time in se- this season in four meetings against the Warriors. Not close last night. I know the final score might uh, be a little closer than you thought, but it was 43-21 to at the end of the first quarter after the Warriors sought 73% in that first quarter. It was also the first time this season the Suns had been outscored by 30 points in one quarter. One thing that they talked about on the ESPN broadcast last night and uh, I think you probably, if you're a Suns fan, you certainly noticed that Bismack Biambo, uh was uh, DeAndre Ayton's backup last night, and apparently that's what is the plan now for Monty Williams and the coaching staff moving forward for the rest of the regular season and the postseason. And this seems to make sense. Ch- I think it makes sense because Biombo is certainly a much better defender, and he's a tremendous rebounder, better than Jock Landell in both of those cases. Landell's more of an offensive He has ball skills type of guy. Uh, The Suns' defense, even with a healthy Kevin Durant, uh, and I think he is their best defender the second that he joined the Suns, but uh, the defense has significantly suffered by not uh, keeping Mikhail Bridges and, and, for that matter, even Cam Johnson, who were part of the trade for Durant to Brooklyn. Meanwhile, as far as the Western Conference standings, uh, the Suns, uh, they're, they're, they're still five games behind. They're not going to catch Sacramento in the Pacific Division unless Sacramento just has a complete meltdown, and that seems unlikely. Sacramento has won eight of its last ten games. Meanwhile, the Suns sitting at 47-31. and 31. They're still two games ahead of the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors go on a killer road trip that starts Wednesday. The Warriors are horrendous on the road, 7-26 and 26 on the road this season. And they actually have the majority of the remaining games this season on the road. So um, that's the Suns. The Sun Devils uh, have gone from one-and-a-half to two-and-a-half point favorites on Wednesday night in the NCAA tournament. First, uh, That's the first four uh, when they play in Dayton against Nevada. Nevada is coached by Steve Alford. Nevada finished the regular season 22-10. and 10. They entered the NCAA tournament on a three-game losing streak including a home loss to arch-rival and a very average UNLV team. And they, uh, they being Nevada, also lost a first-round game in the Mountain West Conference Tournament uh, to San Jose State, which is also average at best teams. By the way, speaking of San Jose State, Tim Miles is the coach there. And uh, you know, he basically is a candidate for that California job, California firing Mark Few. Uh, Mark Few, I said that last week, Mark Fox last week. Nobody's going to fire Mark Few at Gonzaga. Even if they lose to Grand Canyon this week, uh, Mark Few is going to be employed as long as he wants to be employed at Gonzaga, obviously. So he fired Mark Fox last week. But Tim Miles is one of the names mentioned to be a possible replacement for him. All right, right now it is time for our Daily Spring Training Report brought to you by Porta Subs. So right now, caller number two. 602-260-1060 are the winner of lunch for two at Porta Subs. Once again, caller number two right now, 602-260-1060. And here is today's spring training report: The Diamondbacks won on Monday. Uh, Zach Gallon was not effective. He gave up uh, two earned runs on five hits and three walks, but he pitched into the fifth inning. Torrey Lavello, after the 11-8 Diamondbacks victory. Said that uh, the biggest thing yesterday was stretching and extending gallons uh, pitch count uh, as we get closer to the regular season. Sunday uh, was a good uh, excuse me. Monday was a good day for the Rangers. That was yesterday, right? Monday uh, from ESPN after throwing 44, uh, 24 pitches. Excuse me, 24 pitches in a minor league uh, contest on Monday. Uh, Texas Rangers pitcher Jacob Degrom. Uh, said he thinks he'll be ready for opening day with his new club. DeGrom had a minor setback at the start of the spring, dealing with some tightness in his left side, but he looked uh, as nasty as ever, according to MLB.com. Excuse me, to ESPN.com. I'll get my sources right here as I stole the story from them. Uh, he struck out five in a row at one stretch during a two inning performance on Monday. That is today's quick spring training report from Portisubs. Right now, download the KDUS 1060 app and register to qualify for the grand prize winner for Porta Subs for a year and spring training tickets for the Diamondbacks game on March 24th against the Reds. One entry per day on that. Uh, Porta Subs, of course, slicing up the quality that you crave with the tremendous premium meats and uh, the signature fresh baked bread. They have all kinds of fresh veggie, veggie toppings and also savory sauces. So get the taste that you create at your north, uh, neighborhood, Port of Subs. Go to and, uh to order online, and also you can find your closest Valley location. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's show with the National Roundup topped by the latest line. For the uh, Wulua NBA tonight, Suns are playing tonight against Milwaukee. And if you know who's playing, you might have a jump on everybody else because there's lots of speculation of who's not playing for Milwaukee tonight. Uh, so we'll get to that, and we'll get to some NCAA tournament numbers as uh, much as I can get in as far as time constraints, etc. cetera. All right, you're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. Welcome back, final segment today, sports zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. It's gonna be a short segment because I went a little long in the last segment, that that's okay. I had some information to pass along. Alright, it is thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else sip to the cracks. Also our guest today, the latest on Rutgers heading into Thursday's game against the U of A. In the NCAA tournament in San Francisco, Kyle Franco joined us from the Trentonian.com. And excellent stuff from Kyle. He was very informative about Princeton. So uh, if you missed that, check that out via podcast. Sound today, courtesy of ESPN, ESPN2, Fox, CBS, Bally Sports Arizona, and FS1. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla and Corey and Aaron. All right, on to the NBA for the night. The Suns play a second consecutive game. Milwaukee also played last night in Sacramento. There is some speculation that Giannis and some other Milwaukee Bucks may not play the second half of the back-to-back. Obviously, the Suns played a back-to-back last night too. However, uh, but uh, you know the point spread. Uh, the uh, the Suns are a, a two and they're a one and a half point underdog universally in the world pretty much right now combining offshore and uh in Nevada is what I kinda come up with as far as that goes. But they're one and a half point home underdogs and uh that gives you an eye that gives me at least a thought that Giannis is gonna play tonight, at least the betting market might think that. Uh so we'll see how that goes. I don't even think the Bucks or the Suns will have a shoot around this morning since they played road games uh in the Bay Area last night. So I don't think we're going to find out anything before, like, game time or this afternoon unless somebody, like, whoa always report something. All right, NCAA tournament action begins tonight. Uh, Texas uh, A&M Corpus Christi against Southeast Missouri State. And, uh, you know, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, a three-and-a-half point favorite in this game, both these games tonight, both the games tomorrow night in Dayton, Ohio. Total is at 156 in the game. The first game tonight. Second game tonight is uh, Pittsburgh against Mississippi State. Mississippi State opened a one-point favorite, and uh, I never saw any threes to this point. Um, you know, it was. Uh, I was actually hoping that it'd go back to closer to a pick 'em than up because I'd be on Mississippi State on this side if I were filling out a bracket, uh, which I really don't. Uh, but I am in a bracket contest where we pick every team. Uh, but uh, Mississippi State would be my preference in the game tonight. But I'm not interested in laying two and a half, and I'm guessing this number might actually be on the move up, since it went up from one and a half to two and a half in the last 24 hours. They play Pittsburgh, and I just don't think Pittsburgh is very good. I don't think Mississippi State's very good either, quite frankly. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll act accordingly tomorrow night Arizona State course plays against Nevada in one of the first four games at Dayton and the and uh, the Sun Devils as I mentioned in the last segment uh, have gone from one and a half point favorites to two and a half uh, total has gone from uh, basically totals kind of sit the same sitting at 134 there's some uh, you know lower numbers around the world at 133 133 and a half in that uh, contest for tomorrow night. Also, as far as the U of A in Princeton, as we mentioned a couple of times previously, that game on Thursday afternoon, the U of A, a 14-and-a-half point favorite. That game has actually gone up a little bit, opened 14 on Sunday when the pairings were announced, up to 14-and-a-half. The total is pretty much uh, sat all along at 154-and-a-half, but as we mentioned with Kyle earlier in the hour... Princeton, this is not your, uh, as he said, not not your father's Princeton. They like to run up and down. The U of A obviously likes to run up and down. They both average. Princeton averages 79 a game. The U of A over 80 per game. Sometimes that doesn't always mean what you think, but they prefer to run up and down the floor. So there should be lots of possessions. All right, this has been the Sports Zone for today. We'll be back tomorrow. In the Sports Zone from 9 to 10, and then, of course, the Extra Point for the rest of the week, hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon right here on KDU AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. Thanks for listening, and have a great rest of the day.